I saw the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Thanksgiving today here below. But hallelujah, one day, Thanksgiving above in the temple of our God. Thank you, Corral. We needed that. Because I was born in Tokyo and grew up the first 14 years of my life in Japan, you can understand why I'm a bit bemused at all this fuss over President Obama's bowing to Emperor Akihito this last week. As you know, the story has gone viral in cyberspace and the chattering class. Can you believe this? The President of the United States bowing to anyone? Oh, come on, guys. Give everybody a break. That's the way we do it in Japan. It's not, it is not an act of worship. It is a sign of courtesy. But here's the, here's the uh, now famous presidential bow that's gone to the world. Well, that's actually the sermon. <laughs> Take a lesson from the president. If you're not sure what to do, do both. <laughs> oh my, how to behave in the presence of a king or an emperor, if you please, or a god. Only this God, not just any God, this God has four temples and the fourth temple presents to us a profound reason to be giving thanks in this season of gratitude today. Let's go to the fourth temple together, you and me. Open your Bible, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. In fact, let's do a little bit of multitasking while we're finding 1 Corinthians 3. Could you also pull out your worship bulletin? Study guide. It's tucked away in this beautiful Thanksgiving collection today. Pull out your study guide. Our ushers are coming by in case you didn't get a study guide. I want to make sure you have it. Because you know we've been talking about first temple, second temple, third temple, and today fourth. We've never outlined them in one place. So today we'll do it for the first time. Our series is about to end. This is the next to the last piece. But let's put all four temples on a piece of paper. And while they're doing that, those of you watching on television, we're delighted to have you in this Thanksgiving celebration. I want you to have the study guide. Go to our website. Let me put it on the screen for you. You'll see it there. www.pmchurch.tv All right? www.pmchurch.tv You're looking for the series, The Temple. Just about ready to end. One more piece and it's over. And today's teaching, The Fourth Temple, The Splendor. The Fourth Temple, The Splendor. When you see that, it says study guide. Click on there. You'll have the same study guide we have right here. Let's write them down. What are the four temples? The four temples. Temple number one. God's palace above. Obvious temple. His palace above. Where we worship Him. We've been to Daniel 7. We've seen that temple where His throne room is. We've been to Revelation 11. Very clear. He has a temple in heaven. Temple number one. God's palace above. Temple number two. Our bodies here below. What? Don't you know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Right, this is temple number two. This is the order that we dealt with them in this series. So, our bodies here below where we honor Him. So write that down. We worship Him, temple number one. We honor Him, temple number two. Temple number three, God's creation. Isaiah 66 declares, God speaking, Heaven is my throne, 
Earth is my footstool. This is all my temple. Temple number three, God's creation, where we ponder Him. And now, temple number four. What is the fourth temple? Let's find out. 1 Corinthians 3, we were on our way to that when we took this little excursion. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 3. If you didn't bring your Bible, this will be our text today. This is a homily, so it's a shorter presentation of teaching today. Pull out your pew Bible. It will be page 768 in your pew Bible. This is the NIV, New International. I like this. Paul is writing. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Don't you know? Hey, what's up? Don't you know that you yourselves, that's plural, y'all, you, everybody. We don't get that in English. NIV throws in yourselves just to kind of make sure we know it's more than one. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you collectively? Watch this, verse 17. If anyone, whoa, how does God feel about the fourth temple? Look at this. If anyone, if anyone destroys God's temple, you put your hand on this one, look out. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. Can you believe what we just read? God's temple, this fourth temple, God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. Jot it down. Temple number four. God's church community. And by the way, Paul said, hey, 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 time out, time out. I'm not talking about bricks and mortar here. I'm not talking about these lovely blocks and this wood. This is not the temple. Although those of you who come from Spanish-speaking cultures know that sometimes we do call the church a temple. But this building is not the temple. The fourth temple is not the physical edifice of the church. The fourth temple is the human community of the church. Temple number four, God's church community where we... Oh, don't fill it in. Because it's in the blank that we're leaving blank for a moment, that the stunning truth emerges, God's purpose for the fourth temple. This is something else. All right, hold on, let's go. So here's the question. What's the purpose for a temple? In other words, why do religions have temples? I want to show you some pictures back to Japan. These are pictures I took in Japan. These are temples in Japan. There are temples all over the world. But look at these temples, spectacular. Now look at, ladies and gentlemen, why... Is there a temple? What's the purpose of a temple? It's where you go to find the God. Isn't that it? But of course, people go to temples to see the God in residence there. And that is precisely why God also has His fourth temple. In fact, jot this down. God wants people to come to the fourth temple in order to see Him. See Him. In residence there. In residence where? In residence among His people on earth. God wants to be seen in His church people. The church community of faith. Oh my. I tell you what. I'm going to share with you now a string of five verses. When the fifth is done, I'm sitting down. But in this string of five verses, a stunning conclusion. Watch this. Verse number one in this five-verse string, jot it down, Isaiah 60, 21. By the way, would you make that correction? That's my typo. It says 22 there. Just cross out the 22, put 21. Isaiah 60, 21. Now, you're going to fill it in. God's speaking to Israel. Then all your people, okay, I'm talking to you, Israel, all your people will be righteous. They are the work of my hands. Okay, there's the fourth temple. For the display of my splendor. Oh, write that down. God erected the fourth temple, not out, of, not out of wood and stone, but out of men, women, and children, so that He could put His splendor, 
His glory on display. You can't believe this. Unbelievable. In fact, jot it down. God's glory is displayed through His people. God's glory is displayed through His people. How? Verse number 2 in a five-verse string. Here comes verse number 2. Matthew 5.16. The words of our Lord Jesus Himself. This is from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus speak. You remember this. In the same way, let your light shine. You who are the fourth temple, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory. Give glory to your Father in heaven. Isn't that something? They're going to look at you. In other words, the way you love and serve humanity, they're going to look at you and you know, you know what the world is going to be doing? High-fiving each other and saying, wow, I've never seen a God like that. They're going to look at how you live and glorify your Father in heaven. Remember Jesus' 11th commandment just before His execution? This is Thursday night late. He spoke these words, John 13. Jot them down. By this the whole world will know you are my people. Plural. You are my people. If you love one another. The glory of God's love is put on display in the very human fourth temple of the church. But get a load of this. It gets even better. Verse number three in this five verse string. Here comes number three. There are only five of these. Here's number three. Jot it down. John 15, 8. Also that evening. In fact, he's probably out of the upper room now. He's just walked by a trellis of grapes. He stops, picks up that cluster in his hands, and he makes, he issues that, that Stirring teaching. I am the vine. You are the branches. You're supposed to bear fruit. Now watch. He says these words. This is to my Father's glory. Write it in. This is to my Father's glory that you, the branches, bear much fruit, for example, showing yourselves to the world to be my disciples. How is God glorified in the fourth temple? By bearing, by bearing fruit, when His people personally and collectively abide in Christ, grow the fruit of a God-like character, and thus glorify God as a community. In fact, would you jot that down, please? The fruit of character growth glorifies God. Now, I've got to hit the pause button right here, because do you understand what we've just put together? Just three verses. Do you understand? What, Jesus, what, what, what Holy Scripture is teaching us is that the only way, you think about this, the only way there is for the human race to ever get a full frontal view of God, the only way to see God on this planet is through His fourth temple. There's no other way. You can go out into nature and get an idea about this God. You can read the book and read the old stories about Jesus, but you don't get the picture until you come into the presence of the fourth temple, a collective babies. Children, teenagers, young adults, men and women, senior citizens, a collective community. And God says, in that community, the fourth temple, I will reveal myself to the entire world. There's no other way. There is no other way for the world to get an accurate picture of God outside of the church. The collective community of Christ. Isn't that something? That's absolutely astounding. But it gets even better. Fourth verse in this five-verse string. Jot it down, please. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Hold on to your seat. Watch this. Paul's writing here. 20, by the way, may I remind you, 20 years after the cross. Okay? His, God's intent was that now, through the church, fourth temple, 
that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Hold on. Not only. You get what he's saying here? Not only is this fourth temple to be a stunning, a stunning portrayal to the human race. Paul is saying there are intelligent beings out there in the heavenly realms who will look at this temple to study it, to wonder what kind of a God is in this temple. I would have been embarrassed before this last week to even bring up intelligent life out there until the Vatican this very week. The Vatican convened. Have you heard about this? The Vatican convened. They've coined a word. Astrobiology conference. In the Vatican. Five-day conference. Just type in, when you go into Google, just type in astrobiology conference. You get all the news reports of it. They brought in scientists, atheists and believing scientists. They brought in theologians. They assembled for five days. And do you know what? They collectively made a, they made a decision. The decision is there is extraterrestrial intelligent life somewhere else in this universe besides right here. And Rome has announced that we need to be prepared to deal with extraterrestrial visitors one day on this planet. Hey, listen up. Listen up. While you and I are going about our, our, our godly duties of getting an education and working in the community or working on this campus, while we're quietly minding our own business, stuff is happening on this planet, preparing for the day, extraterrestrial intelligences will come to earth to visit us. And Rome is leading the way. You got ears? You got eyes? Listen. Watch. Let's put the verse back up on the screen there. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. God's intent was that now, isn't this amazing? Through the church, the fourth temple, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Apparently, hold on now. Apparently, because this is 20 years after the cross, apparently Calvary, the supreme manifestation of God's salvation for lost sinners on this planet and in this civilization, apparently for intelligences beyond this planet, Calvary itself did not answer all the questions about God and His character. Because 20 years after the cross, Paul says, hey, by the way, that's why God has a fourth temple. There's still questions to be answered and you are going to be strategic in His answer. Oh, he's saying, how could I possibly help God answer anything? Ah, you know, sometimes when you're shopping around for a physician, isn't this true? You're looking around for a physician. So you're asking people. I mean, I've heard about this guy. I've heard about this woman. I hear she's good. But then you meet a patient who was healed by the skill of this physician. And once you see that patient, you say, hey, talk me into it. I believe now he is able. Ladies and gentlemen, the fourth temple is the patient of God on this planet because there are intelligences in this universe. We didn't need an astrobiology conference to figure this one out. We already knew there are intelligences in this universe who are saying, you know, God, great, marvelous, eternal love poured out of Calvary, but are you sure you want to bring these people into our eternity and take the risk? 
Are you sure your government and your healing is strong enough? And God says, look, take a look at them. Every planet, every nation on this planet, rather, every city, I have them. Men, women, and children, look at them. Watch them. They're my fourth temple. You see them, you know me. Amazing. Jot it down in your study guide, would you please? The church is with great physicians healed patient will be compelling evidence to external observers who wonder the effectiveness of divine salvation upon human sinners. Fourth verse in a five-verse string. Here comes the fifth verse. It gets even better. Hold on. Here comes the final verse in this string. And then I'm sitting down. Jot it down, please. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9, just the very next chapter. We, the fourth temple, have been made a spectacle. The Greek is theatron, from whence comes our word theater. We have been made a theater to the whole universe, to angels as well as men. Can you believe that? God's church, the fourth temple, is His theater to the entire 47 billion light years of this universe. Every intelligent mind in the universe is watching like a hawk this fourth temple. Will the experiment work? Will God's government hold up in human hands? Mercy. Wow. Could there be a more exalted honor? You think about it than for you and me, lost sinners who, by grace, have been drawn to Jesus and have accepted Him by faith. Could there be a more exalted honor than to be God's showcase, His spectacle, my theater for the whole universe? Watch Him, and you'll know the truth about me. Mm. Take a look at these people. Jot it down, will you? Now let's go back to temple number four. You, have to, you had to leave that blank a moment ago. Here's the stunning truth that we've just noticed. Temple number four, what is it? God's church community on earth. His collection. This menagerie of human beings, but who are bound by the love of Jesus Christ. Temple number four, God's church on earth, where we reflect Him. That's why I want you. That's why I need you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why it matters how you and I live right now. Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to kind of be... My, I'm just going to do my... You can't do your thing. You can't. You're a part of this collective experiment and the whole universe is tracking you. Does the power of God really work for human beings? Can they live set free? Can they model the life of Christ even though they're not divine? Can the divine nature come into them and they live just like Jesus? I tell you what, as I have brooded over this five-verse string, I've come to the conclusion that my Roman Catholic friends are right in this regard. The Bible, indeed, does reveal a very elevated calling for the church of God. They speak so proudly of Mother Church. And I'm telling you, you and I must speak just as proudly of Mother Church, the fourth temple. It is an enormous calling. It's the gospel truth. God's public display to the universe. Look! They glorify me. You can believe in me because of the way they live. Look at them. And for that reason, I'm going to really shoot straight from the hip now. For that reason, 
I am unashamed to declare to you that we, you and I, must always publicly and privately uphold and defend the church of God. I tell you what, you can be sitting in a circle. I know, I know you can be sitting in a circle and somebody turns to the church, whatever the manifestation of the church is, and suddenly it is a feeding frenzy as everybody weighs in why the church is shot and we ought to look somewhere else. Don't, it, don't ever let it be your voice. Ever. Your voice that speaks against the church of God. I've seen emails that get circulated and they keep getting added to and added to and added to. Don't you ever forward what you cannot personally condone. I have made a decision in my young life that I will choose to defend God's church to my dying breath. And I appeal to you to please do the same. A century ago, these words were written. That's why. Look at this. Put it on the screen. Enfeebled and defective as it may appear. Don't you put your hand on that. Don't you put your hand on that. God will destroy him who seeks to destroy his temple. Don't you put your hand on that. Oh, I'm, I, I know better. I know more. Don't you put your hand on that. Enfeebled and defective as it may appear, the church is the one object upon which God bestows in a special sense His supreme regard. It is the theater of His grace in which He delights to reveal His power to transform hearts. Ladies and gentlemen, did you catch that? The church is the one object upon which God bestows His supreme regard. Enfeebled and defective even when she appears to be. i tell you what, it is not every Thanksgiving where you and I are invited to give thanks for the church. But on this Thanksgiving, I'm going on record today to thank God for the fourth temple.